Well, it is the best piece of news the New York Mets have had since Steve Cohen bought the team nearly three years ago. They have a new president of baseball operations, and it is David Stearns. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, we are audio only all week. So I'm on vacation celebrating my birthday. And actually, it was my 25th birthday three years ago, uh, September 14th, 2020. When it was announced that Steve Cohen would be purchasing the New York Mets from the Wilpons. It was the greatest birthday gift I've ever gotten in my entire life. Now here we are, three years later, and maybe the second best? David Stearns is the president of baseball operations for the New York Mets. I'll be discussing the impact of that throughout the first two segments of the show today. Then in the final segment, we'll talk a little bit of baseball that was played on Tuesday night as the Mets had a good game against the Diamondbacks, and Jet Williams made his Double-A debut at 19 years old in Binghamton. Before we get to any of it, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. And I wrote an article about a week ago, maybe two weeks ago now, the five things the New York Mets must do to become contenders in 2024. I also did a podcast on the same topic, so you can go back listen to that show if you want a blueprint of what David Stearns must do as the Mets GM, because I laid it out in that article, although, again, the article was five things the Mets must do to become contenders in 2024, and the first one was this, hire David Stearns. This is massive news for the New York Mets. This is, again, the best thing that's happened to this franchise since Steve Cohen took it over. It's that simple, because as much as Francisco Lindor was a great trade and a good contract, as much as... You, know, you like the other free agent signings the Mets made, you know, signing Max Scherzer to eventually win 101 games last year, or you know, the Kodai Singa signing that's worked out great, or extending Brandon Nimmo, Edwin Diaz, whatever it is, whatever you know, good news that you want to bottle up in the last three years in the Steve Cohen era, this is the one that, in my opinion, will hold the most value moving forward. This is the one that hopefully will put the Mets on a path to not only contention, but perennial contention, not just the one-and-done years. And look, that's a lot of pressure to put on uh, David Stern's shoulders. He's 38 years old. He has you know, one stop as a GM, eventually president of baseball operations with the Brewers, that went very well. Okay, I've, I've broken this down on many podcasts before. I mean, I've been talking about David Stearns to the Mets since it was you know, a, a rumored in 2021, okay, this has been the worst kept secret of baseball that this would be an eventual marriage. And the reason why it has always made sense is because David Stearns grew up a Mets fan, got his career started in the Mets organization as an intern, and is supremely qualified to take this position. And that's the part that should excite you because 
know, the Brewers on a small budget have been a perennial contender themselves. And they're set up for future success because of the groundwork that David Stearns laid. You know, Matt Arnold inherited a, maybe it's not a Ferrari, but it's like a super dependable, high mileage vehicle that's just going to run for a good amount of time. Okay. Uh, It it might not be flashy, but man, it'll get you where you want to go. And that's the playoffs nearly every year, especially in that division. And that's because of what Stearns has done. Now, David Stearns is trading in uh, that whatever you want to call it. I'm recording this podcast in a Toyota Corolla outside my hotel. So let's just call it the Corolla that got him to the playoffs all those times. And he's getting the the sports car. And, you know, sports cars are are high-priced. They're tough to maintain. Uh, But, man, they can go fast. And uh, that's what could happen here. And, And David Stearns, I think, knows how fast they can go in this I can't wait to hear him be introduced and, and and you know hear it from the horse's mouth. But you gotta imagine this is an absolute dream come true for him to be a kid who grew up, you know, listening to Howie on the radio, um, loving the New York Mets, getting his start in baseball with the Mets, to now come full circle and reach the highest possible office as a front office executive um, with that same team. It, it's pretty awesome, and and just. You know, from a fan perspective, I don't know if it is the best possible thing to have your team run by fans, uh, but smart fans with resources, I guess it, it is in my opinion. And Steve Cohen's a lifelong fan. David Stern's a lifelong fan. Guess what? Now they are running that team that they both grew up loving together um, at the highest level, hopefully. So it, it's it's awesome, man. This is everything you could have wanted, honestly, to to have seen where this franchise has been, to see the absolute carousel of different names that has gone through and cycled through that front office. And the one name that's stuck is the name that's going to stick around, which is Billy Epler. And I think that's a fine decision by the Mets to keep him as a number two. Um, you know, if you look back at the <laughs> Jared Porter, who was fired after um, controversy, uh, what was this other guy's name? Jeez, he was so forgettable. I could have just potentially mixed up a last name. Was it Scott? Something Scott? Zach Scott? Was Zach Scott the, the, the interim GM for like months before he got a DUI? I, I mean, it was, you know, the Jared Porter was a, a sexual harassment case. Zach Scott, I believe it was Zach Scott. The more I'm saying the name, the more it feels right in my, in my head. Uh, it was a DUI or whatever that ended up getting handled in court. Regardless, bottom line, fired in shame. And then before that, it was Brody Van Wagenen, player agent turned GM who torched the Mets' assets for two seasons with Jeff Wilpon before the Wilpons ran out of town. Now it's been Billy Epler, who, like it or not, has made good moves and I think is at least a competent executive in a bigger front office now where he's not the single car- signal caller. And it's David Stearns who is the exact candidate everybody would have wanted to take this position. As you can tell by listening, I am thrilled about what happened here. And you know I could talk about it all night, and I'll continue to uh, in the next segment. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get a $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. 
Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off their NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Back to David Stearns and the New York Mets. This is their chance to be the East Coast Dodgers. Okay, and everyone's talking about it, so I will too. Steve Cohen is a blunt and honest man when he speaks to the media. You know, I feel like I've gotten a pretty good pulse on where this franchise is going under Cohen. I think I've been able to sort of see uh, you know the the direction that the franchise would go at most turns I mean I didn't know they were going to trade Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander but I certainly knew that they were going to be sellers at the deadline because he told us they were going to be in his midseason presser I've been discussing David Stearns as the Mets next president of baseball operation for literally years now and the reason why I've been able to see these things is not like I'm some fortune teller. I'm certainly not making myself out to be that. It's because I simply just listened to Steve Cohen and followed the tea leaves. And he's told us forever he wants to model his franchise after the Dodgers. What did the Dodgers do when new ownership came in? 2012, they spent an exorbitant amount of money on free agents while they figured out how to build up a farm system. What have the New York Mets done over the last two, three seasons now? They spent an exorbitant amount of money while they tried to build up the farm system. And now their farm looks better than it ever has. And guess who inherits? Inherited. Jeez. Inherits it. David Stearns. Sometimes you get excited, you stumble over your word. David Stearns now gets this farm system. He gets the keys to this, this, this system. He doesn't have to build from scratch, he doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. He doesn't have to go through a rebuild or make trades to to try to get some life into his farm. Billy Epler did his job for him. Billy Epler, with the directive of Steve Cohen and the financial resources to eat a ton of money on two future Hall of Famers contracts, they turned guys that were signed and overpaid at $43 million per season, and they made them valuable assets that just injected potentially the top two prospects in this farm system. And it's only potentially because they drafted the guy that might be the best prospect in the farm system now, Jet Williams, who just made his double-A debut at 19 years old. We'll talk about that in the next segment. All those guys are at double-A. I I did a a whole list of it. Was it yesterday's show, Monday's show? I think it was yesterday's show. No, it was Monday's show because it was the Jet Williams show. Go back and listen to Monday's show. I broke down all... All of the guys that are in double-A right now, guys that will have to be added to a 40-man roster soon. You have Ronnie Mauricio, who tonight hit a mammoth home run. Francisco Alvarez has, what, 23 on the season. There's talent at the big leagues. There's talent in double-A. There's talent locked up on deals. Brandon Nimmo, a good contract right now. Francisco Lindor, a good contract. Kodai Senga, a good contract. Edwin Diaz has to come back, but if he does, and assuming he's still the guy he was... Best closer in baseball, on the books. Yes, a rotation has to be built. 
Yes, you got to find out which of these prospects are going to hit. But man, David Stearns has options. He's got to build out his front office now. But the Mets, they cleared it out for him. Making the job even more attractive to him. Hey man, you can build out, you can hire your own, your own people. We already saw a report. I don't remember who said it. This is just me kind of recklessly grabbing something I saw off Twitter, but I do believe it was from someone who had sources who said that Buck Showalter uh, is contemplating his uh, next next move after this season. Does he want to continue to manage? Which to me is already starting to lay a groundwork for him to step down. He doesn't have to get fired. He steps down. Maybe gets a little bit of a parting gift of some of his salary. If not all of his salary, who knows how that works. And that would clear another job for David Stearns to fill. And now that this is agreed upon, you know, he's got a five-year deal, so he's got security to build this thing. And with that five-year deal, anyone who's getting hired has a sense of where the direction will be for this franchise moving forward. And it's led clearly by David Stearns. And if there's one thing we've learned about Steve Cohen, while, yes, he's going to be involved and he's going to be part of the decision-making process on you know the overall direction of the franchise. You know, I'm sure that he is the one that signals to Billy Upler we are full-on sellers and gives him that clearance. But then he's not on the phone with the Astros to make those that trade for Justin Verlander. He's not trading Max Scherzer to the Rangers. He's letting his baseball people run it. And now with David Stearns, he's got an even you know more proven hand at the wheel. So Stearns is going to have all the resources. He's going to have the money. He's going to have the prospects. And he's going to have the free reign to put his own people in place. And that is exactly what you'd want if there was a, a, a unbiased arbiter who told you, you know, how do you put an executive in the best possible position to succeed? It's all the things I just laid out for you. And if it doesn't work with David Stearns, you know what? Anyone out there, if you're a Braves fan listening to this, if you're one of those LOL Mets people who thinks this franchise is cursed, I'll hear you out if David Stearns is the president of the Mets with Steve Cohen's resources doesn't work. I really will. Because to me, with a a brilliant guy who's proven he can win with these resources, you don't want to call something foolproof, and it doesn't mean the Mets are guaranteed to win the World Series, but... I would hope that they're not going to bottom out like this again. The only season that you can maybe say, okay, possibly, would be next year. And that's if David Stearns tells Steve Cohen, all right, let's let's trade Pete, and then let's just watch the kids. Let's not invest in anyone, maybe just one-year deals. We're not going to sign Yamamoto. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to trade Pete Alonso stock the farm a little bit more, maybe get some arms in that trade, and then just give it a season to let the young players develop and and establish themselves. If that's the case, in the long run, it might be the best thing for the franchise. I don't see that happening. I think this team is is close enough, a year removed from winning 101 games, with high-priced pieces still on the roster, where this can be a quick fix. And it's not, hey, the Mets are going to compete with the Braves next year, but it's the Mets are going to put some pieces in place with what they have so that if some of those young guys can, can break through, like I laid out in my, my podcast, five things the Mets must do to be contenders this year, uh, or next year, excuse me, in 2024, 
where they could find themselves squarely in that wild card conversation and you know, potentially being a buyer at the deadline next year. But to, again, to reiterate those five things I had, it was hire Stearns, check. Next would be extend Pete Alonso. Third would be sign Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Apparently the Yankees are in on it, so that's going to be an interesting bidding war this offseason. But that would add another ace-like pitcher to pair with Kodai Senga top the rotation. Four was forecast the youth movement. They got to find out what they have, and they got to, you know, plot out a timeline for their players and when they can contribute. And then five is add the right veterans and free agency. And I think David Stearns is the guy that can accomplish all those things and put the Mets in a position to succeed. My last little note on this before we get to the baseball games that were played tonight. Pete Alonso, Jeff Passan at the end of his article said the first thing uh, that David Stearns will have to do is explore the market for Pete Alonso and decide what to do when it comes to trading uh, you know, the first baseman ahead of free agency or however he worded it. People took that and they ran with it to mean that the Mets are again considering trading Pete Alonso, which is frustrating to me because I think you have to look at the full context of everything that Jeff Passan said. And a lot of people are writing similar things. They were taking the information. Guess what? Sources say, all right, David Stern's taken over. And then they were laying out everything that's in front of this franchise. And yes, a decision has to be made on Pete Alonso. But Jeff Passan could have tweaked his wording and say they have to come to terms on a contract extension with Pete Alonso. And it would have got blown up in proportion the other way. The Mets have to make a decision there. And that decision is going to be one of three things. Either it's going to be an extension. It's going to be trade. Or it's going to be let the season play out. And I think if you had to, to you know stack the odds on that one, it's the final one. It, it's they're gonna, The Mets most likely are going to hold off on trading him, go into next season with him, let him play out his contract year, and see where they're at at the deadline. Because I think they're very comfortable with letting things get to free agency with Pete Alonso and knowing that if they meet the highest offer, Pete's probably going to come back and sign with them. Because guess what? Brandon Nimmo, when the Mets met the market value, guess what he did? He came back and signed with them. When Edwin Diaz got market value from the Mets, he came back and signed. So I think the Mets have that knowledge. And unless Pete comes to them this offseason and is looking to, to offer up a little bit of a hometown discount, it probably does play out that way. But to, to take anything that any of these reporters are saying right now when it comes to Pete Alonso and imagine that it's still primary mode of operations trade Pete this offseason. I just don't see it. I still think that he'd probably hold more value even as a rental bat. Or maybe not even more value, but pretty similar value at the deadline as he would in the offseason. Regardless, let's talk about his 43rd home run of the season. Or excuse me, 44th home run of the season. I'll get to the Mets game in just a minute. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form, and one of their board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then, they send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. And not only this... You can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. 
That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. New York Mets play the Arizona Diamondbacks at 7:10 Eastern Time tonight. Get sure you pitch the Mets hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Mets. Jose Budo, how about uh, that? Two good starts in a row. Budo, I wouldn't say he's pitching himself into the rotation next year, but he's not pitching himself off the 40-man roster like he was earlier this season. I think there was a, a real conversation to be had looking at you know, Budo's stats in Syracuse this year that. It's a guy that could have been cut, and I don't think that's the case anymore. He's certainly pitching himself to stay on that roster at least. I mean, he's been great since getting some shots here, and it's crazy because you know here's a guy that has been on sort of the, the fringe for a while. He was the closest prospect, so to speak. Um, to the major league level, but not a guy that I wouldn't really projected to be anything more than a back-end starter, and he still doesn't necessarily profile to be anything better than that, but he's not too far removed from Tyler McGill. I mean, or even David Peterson. I mean, all these guys are going to probably enter next season in a similar bracket when you're thinking about how you're shaping a roster. Budo, tonight, five innings against a good lineup, allowed just two hits. One earned run, walk three, struck out seven. I mean, really good stuff. And it's, again, the, the changeup is Budo's pitch. And and the game now, that's a tough pitch to get by him because guess what? Major League hitters can crush changeups. And you got to really do a great job with your fastball changeup combination if that's how you're going to live as a starting pitcher in the big leagues. Because at any time that could backfire on you majorly, and if if you're you're off, they're gonna you know put a hurting on you. But here's Jose Budo with the same combination that I was using, playing travel baseball at 12 years old and getting outs. <laughs> here's Budo doing it, and and that changeup is pretty nasty. I mean, look, he got whiffs 65 percent of the time tonight on that changeup, 13 whiffs on 20 swings against that changeup. Pretty pretty impressive stuff. And you know, the, the run he gave up was an RBI triple by Cattell Marte in the top of the third. The Mets got that run back in the bottom half on kind of a triple. It was a leadoff triple from Brandon Nimmo, who comes around on a sacrifice fly by Francisco Lindor. Then the Mets got him some more run support. DJ Stewart leads off the fourth inning with a single, and then Ronnie Mauricio just crushes his first career home run into that Upper tank and right field, 440 feet, 112 miles per hour off the bat. Mauricio just doing some really impressive things. Um, it's crazy because I saw his OPS yesterday. I didn't check it today. I think yesterday's OPS was at 728. I'm like, how? The guy's hitting well over 300. He's a weird guy. I mean, it's. I think it's probably because you know, he hits a lot of singles, doesn't necessarily walk a ton, 
that you know he might not ever be someone that's valued by way to runs creative plus or just has a high OPS in general, but then he hits home runs like the one we saw tonight and he flashes these tools and I just think it's a guy that's going to help you win baseball games in the long run. So it's been good to see him continue to have success. Uh, Francisco Lindor had a big game because he drove in Brandon Nemo again in the bottom of the fifth. Um, Nemo doubled uh, to, to start that particular rally. Pete Alonso hit a two-run homer, his 44th of the year. Francisco Alvarez in the eighth inning tacked on the final run for the Mets in a seven-run game for them. He hit his 23rd of the season. It's just a great game by the offense, 13 hits. Nemo and Stewart um, each had three hits. Alonzo and Mark Vientos each had two. Just just an all-around solid performance by the offense, and Budo was the one star, of course, on the pitching front. Now let's move over to the team that's still competing for the playoffs at this stage of the season. Well, they're not competing for it anymore. They're clinched. That's the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. They won by a score of 8-1. to one. Louis Guillaume led off for them tonight. Went 0 for 4 in a rehab start, but behind him, Jet Williams batted second, started at shortstop his first start in his first game in double A at 19 years old. Drew Gilbert was next in line, batting third. Then it was Kevin Parada batting cleanup. JT Schwartz was batting fifth. I only mention it because all of those four players had two hits in this game. Uh, but you look at Williams, Gilbert, and Parada, there's Three of your top ten prospects in the Mets system. Some would say three of the top five prospects in the Mets system. And they all put on a show. Jet Williams, in his debut game in double-A, goes two for four with a hit-by-pitch, a double, and scored three runs. Gilbert was on base five times in this game, and you just scan the box score. It's confusing because you're like, wait, you're going two for two with a walk, and other guys got up five times. How did this happen he had two consecutive catcher's interferences in this game. Guess the catcher was holding out the glove and Gilbert just saw it. I don't know. But he got on base five times. Uh, had a double as well. So good game by him. And Kevin Prada was two for five with an RBI double. Uh, Luis and Acuna got a day off. It'll be interesting to see how they put Williams and Acuna in the lineup together as both of them have been primarily playing short stuff this year. Acuna... As far as I'm concerned, I think it's almost every game at shortstop. Might have got a game or two at second. And Williams, it's been like a 70-30 split, I would say, just roughly, between shortstop and center field. Uh, Blade Tidwell was probably the player of the game, though, if you're looking uh, at this one. The top pitching prospect in the Mets system goes five scoreless, gave up three hits, did not walk a batter, and struck out nine the reason why he's the top prospect, or his top pitching prospect, I should say, in the Mets system, is he now has 152 strikeouts and 115 and two-third innings pitched. He's got a 4-2-4 ERA now in seven starts in Double A. So, really impressive stuff from Blade Tidwell um, to continue to find all of that success. But overall, great day for the New York Mets. Uh, the two teams that are playing baseball right now that matter because the Syracuse Mets are playing, but there's not even any top prospects to really care about to be paying attention. Uh, The two teams in Binghamton and New York, uh, one and one big. And then (laughs) the best news of all, David Stearns is now running baseball offs for the New York Mets or will be very soon. Really good day. So uh, make sure for all you everydayers, you tune in. I'll be continuing audio-only shows for the rest of this week. Got a couple more for you. 
as I am on my little birthday vacation Thursday for Friday's show. We'll see. We'll see. Um, might take one day off. But regardless, that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Ryan. Follow the show at Locked on Mets.